How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. We're going to change it up. Change it up from Beyond the Blind. That's the company name, BTBN. Um, going to add it as uh, Waterfowl 365 presented by Beyond the Blind. Um, make it a little bit easier to find in the podcast sector since somebody jumped on the name in between when we had it and uh, Started a podcast with the same name. I don't feel like messing with it. So we're going to change it to Waterfowl 365 presented by BTBN. So if you want to do a search on the podcast app, make sure you search Waterfowl 365. Um, You can always follow along with us on our Instagram and Facebook under BTBN. Um, Keep up with what's going on, what's new, episodes that are dropping, um, different live events and all that good stuff. So make sure you give us a like and a follow on uh, Instagram and Facebook. However you're listening to this thing, make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether it be on that podcast app on your iPhone or the Podbean app is always a really, really good one. Um, Hit subscribe, leave a review, some comments, all that good stuff. I really appreciate it. And uh, feedback is always good. If you want to get yourself a really nice blank to make a duck call out of if you're a call maker if you want to uh get one to send to your favorite call maker check out swampwood products hit seth up over there let him know that we sent you and uh really appreciate if you guys did that he is a uh, great blank provider and always puts out some really nice stuff stands behind his work it's good good stuff i make a lot of calls out of it if you want to get yourself one of my calls hit me up at unstable calls you can check out all the work that i've done on Instagram, and you can see all those really sweet paperweights on there, and they don't sound half bad, I've been told. Um, Yeah, so feel free to hit me up on Instagram, Unstable Calls. Get yourself a really nice piece of apparel with Fox Red Apparel. Simple, clean designs, classic. You can wear them every day. It's not bedazzled jean stuff, so that might be uh, a little bit harder for you guys that like that, but... uh, if you want to get yourself a really nice piece of uh, apparel, hit up Fox Red Apparel over on Instagram. We have another call maker for you today. He's a guy that I followed on Instagram for a long time. I really like the look of his stuff. I haven't gotten to run one of his calls, but I've heard they've run really well as really well as well, really good as well. And I've wanted to talk to him for a long time. So, without any further ado, Mr. Josh Thomas. Josh, how are you doing this? How are you doing this evening? I guess I was gonna say today. Good, <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty good. You've been enjoying the uh, the weekend. Yeah, it's, we've had like seven kids at the house, man. It's just it's a madhouse. Uh, we have always got kids just everywhere. <laughs> you were telling me telling telling me about that over Instagram, man, and I was like complaining about you know how we always got crazy stuff going on with my three and you're like yeah i have seven at the house right now and i was yeah. i was thinking i can't yeah, complain yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure so like three of them are mine and uh and then i've got two that we're in the process of it's like foster we're fostering them and then uh of course i've always got extras my you know friends and stuff like that they come over and I have, I'm lucky and not to that age yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my 12-year-old, man, it's like she, it's, I, I swear her friends live with us, so they're <laughs> always here. They're like, I 
mean, from they'll pick them up at school, and then we'll drop them off, and then we'll drop them off Sunday night. And they start going through your fridge, and you're like, hey, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, we go through pizza rolls like crazy. (laughs) I can imagine, man. So, uh, tell me a little bit about where you're from, man. What, what, uh, where'd you start hunting? What kind of, where did you grow up? That type of stuff. Well, I grew up in Amarillo. Uh, right now I live in Wichita Falls. Uh, I didn't really grow up hunting as a kid. I kind of started doing that when I was in high school and I really started out with like upland hunting, pheasant, quail, stuff like that. And, uh. But anyway, we moved uh, eventually to Wichita Falls, and was where my wife was from, and started duck hunting a little bit here and there, and um, you know, just a little couple. It wasn't serious, you know. I was, I enjoyed it, but uh, then I got a job in Bowie, and I met a guy there, that, and he was deep in it, man. Training dogs, dudes, the freaking dog whisperer. Uh, <laughs> He's he is ate up with it, you know, and he he started kind of teaching me. Uh, it really just kind of took me under his wing, and and you know taught me about training dogs and uh, bowling calls and you know working birds and stuff like that. And and that's that was probably 2014 when I started really doing that. And uh, after that, man, I was just I was all in. Um, hell, that's all. That's all I do. All I think about now, you know. I mean, just it's like any of us. Uh, and then the next year, right now, 2016, I think is when I started making calls. Uh, a buddy, a buddy of mine uh, that I worked with, we decided we were going to do it, and and uh, we thought, oh shoot, man, this is something. I'm a fireman, so we were 24 hour shifts. And like, man, this is something we could probably do uh, at night, you know, bring the lathe up here. Well, little did I know, that's definitely not something that's mobile. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I ended up buying all the stuff and and uh, started in my garage and uh, it just went from there. Yeah, so... You started duck hunting when you were uh, a little bit later in life. Is that kind of what I'm getting? Kind of, yeah, 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 man. So that's, I feel like that if you're not in the duck hunting family, like nobody in my family duck hunted. Like you know, it was it wasn't a big thing. My dad liked to go deer hunting once a year during rifle season. He kind of was into rabbit hunting. You know, that was like our thing. And I didn't go duck hunting until one of my Navy buddies really pushed me to get into it. And I have too much ADD, man. I cannot sit still long enough to go deer hunting. I hate deer hunting. That's not a knock against anybody that does it. It's just not my cup of tea. And he's like, well, if you like rabbit hunting, man, then duck hunting, you'll like duck hunting because, you know... you're shooting and (laughs) if things are good you're shooting and i was like all right i'll go and we burned up a freaking uh a box of shells and shot two or three ducks and i was like this is awesome and that's kind of how i was man it was like going from being a a weekend warrior for the first two or three years i was hunting and then 
diving just headfirst into it. Like you were, I mean, within four years, we were doing a, a local TV show. Uh, the next year after that, I was turning calls and then doing podcasts and live streams. And it, it just, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, when we were talking earlier in life, like it was always a thing of I didn't know we were going to be living based on where ducks were at. I always assumed I was going to end up in Florida. Being from Missouri, like that was always my goal was to live in Florida. My little brother lives in Tampa now. Like that was always our goal was to end up in Florida. And then I was like, well, there's no fucking way I'm moving to Florida. There's there's no ducks that are in Tampa, you know, like. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, that's my wife. Uh, you know, I told her. I will never move to Wichita Falls. I hate that place. Like, I've been through there. There's nothing there for me. I hate it. And here we are. We've been here since 2012. And, I mean, that's one of the main reasons I don't want to leave. I I love this place. So, I mean, it's it's so much good waterfowling around here. So. What are you guys mainly hunting out there? Is it, like, peanut fields and stuff like that? No, I mean, you've got, we got mostly wheat, and uh, we we mostly hunt, like, farm tanks and stuff like that. Uh, me and my buddies, we don't really get into the field stuff. We kind of play with it a little bit here and there. Like, last year, we we shot, uh, I can't remember how many. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy stupid. They were, they were in cotton stubble, and, I mean, we, we just happened upon it. And they're just like some volunteer wheat underneath it, I guess, that they were eating. But, um, I mean, they'll plant corn out here sometimes and milo uh, and wheat. That's, that's basically what we have here. So you're, you're mainly hunting this stupid cricket. I swear, I found him and got rid of him right before we started recording, and now he's going again. <laughs> um <laughs> So you guys are mainly hunting like the little uh, farm stock ponds on and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what me and my buddies do that. It, now I assume that's mainly ducks. Do you guys have any any big honkers out there, or is it all small uh, stuff? Local, like local birds, better, better, uh, greater big honkers. But no, man, we got tons of lessers, tons of lessers out here. Is that something that you mess around with, or do you mainly stick with the ducks? Uh, we mainly stick with the ducks, but, I mean, we'll, we'll try and get on them. Uh, it's pretty competitive in, in my area as far as uh, getting permission or uh, just <clears throat> beating someone for permission. Yeah, because Wichita is pretty good. Or Wichita Falls is pretty good size, isn't it? Like 100,000? Yeah, we've got, yeah, 100. A little over 100,000, 106, I think is what it is. And I assume that a, a lot of people waterfowl hunt around that area. It's growing for sure. See, that's kind of the uh, the good thing about where I'm at in Missouri. Obviously, you said Joplin, so you know at least this area. Springfield is uh, 160,000, so, you know, a little bit bigger, but nobody waterfowl hunts. I mean... A very small percentage of your hunters are going to be duck and goose hunters. So it's kind of like, you know, you got the lay of the land. You can grab whatever you want. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're so close to Dallas-Fort Worth, man. Uh, guys, guys from down there come up here. That's crazy. 
but like you said, there's so many, there's so much waterfowl opportunity because you guys get a, like a ton of widgeon and stuff, don't you? Oh, for sure. What would you say is the the main bird that you're seeing out there? Uh, we see. I mean, we we get the majority of what we shoot is mallards, widgeon, and gadwall. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Do you but guys get a lot of pin- a green wing tail too? Do you guys get any pintails or anything like that? Oh, for sure. That's yeah. see. That's what yeah, we're missing. The last couple of years, it seemed like you know our limits won, and <clears throat> it seems like that's all we see sometimes. You're like, heck, come it. So you gotta you gotta really play it safe. See, and that's that's what we're missing over here in my part of Missouri is. If you're shooting ducks, it's going to be mallard, gadwall, or green wing teal. Like, you know, we're not shooting widgeon and pintail. You'll see them on occasion, but it's pretty rare throughout the season. So, it's kind of cool that you can have that mixed bag. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, I mean, we get a lot of everything. Yeah, I can assume, man. So, you guys, you and your buddy get this wild hair idea and i think that's a conversation that so many buddies have in the waterfowl blind is uh man we should start tinkering around with our own calls <laughs> you know is he still working with you on that what was that uh, i was gonna say i think it's a conversation that so many people have in the duck blind of we should start building and messing around with our own calls is it is he still working with you on it no, so I kind of, I, I kind of ran off with it on my own on that. Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, I know it's just me. Uh, it was kind of an idea we had, and then I realized that, man, this is way too big to just take to the fire station every third day. I mean, this, and it's messy. Well, yeah, and uh, I can imagine so, the noise would not be something that was. Greatly appreciated. <laughs> yeah, especially at night. Oh my! Yeah, yeah man. So yeah, no, I kept it here at the house, and I, and I did it. Yeah, I just kind of ran with it on my own. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that was. Uh, I went into the Navy, and uh, the reason that I went into the Navy, because when I got out, was when I first started uh, duck hunting. I finished up high school and uh, was a solid B student with 60% attendance, never went to school, just did enough to, I wouldn't get grounded, you know, that type of thing, and stay eligible to play sports. And my parents were always like, well, you need to do better, you need to show up more, do this and that. And I was like, I'm going to the fire academy after freaking school, man. I don't, like, I'm not worried about it. I know the scores I have to get. So I go into our our local fire program here and get, you know, one and two certifications, all that good hazmat, ops awareness, and uh, am signed up for my next semester for EMT school because that was something you had to have to get on to uh, our city's department. Obviously, it has the best pay, best benefits, all that good stuff. But you could try out at that time, you know, and still, like, if you get accepted, you can keep going through and get paid to go through and i was volunteering at one of our other little local departments that didn't pay anything obviously volunteer and i went to that first year tryout like a year and a half outside of school going or outside of high school and a hundred and like six people showed up (laughs) and 
every like 60 or 70 people scored a perfect on all the tests and i was like oh my dear god dude i scored really well on my tests, you know practical and the uh, written and i I talked to one of the guys at the department. He's like, yeah, dude, it's honestly going to be like a six or seven year wait, probably. And even yeah. then, you're still going to have to know somebody. So I was like, well, uh, I'm going to look at going into the uh, the Air Force and getting on the Air Force Fire Department. And they're like, well, hell, you should go to the Navy, man. Everybody's a firefighter in the Navy. So, <laughs> so I ended up going and doing four years in the Navy and signed up for every uh, little firefighting school and you know, went all over the country to specialized firefighting schools. And I got to my last ship in my last year. And they they convinced me to do this uh, aviation firefighting school, which sounds awesome, right? Yeah, you can go be on the, the Hilo fire squad. So that way, if uh, a Hilo crashes into the ship, you know, you'll be there to put out the fire. It's an extra $225 a month to do that. So I was like, well, hell yeah, sign me up, man. That sounds awesome. They don't tell you that you have to sit manned up on a charged hose 20 out of 24 hours a day (laughs) because the helo is in the air at all times while you're underway. So, yeah, I got to my last ship and they're like, hey, we see that you have all these certifications. Do you want to be on this this special squad? And I was like, not a chance in hell, man. (laughs) You'd be awesome for this super special job. Yeah, I was like, not a chance. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's super competitive, man, uh, to, to get on a fire department. It's, it can be crazy. Yeah, dude, it, it's crazy. And now where I live at in Nixa, we don't even have any volunteer departments around here. Where I used to live on the different side of Springfield, and there was like three different volunteer departments you could jump onto. So it's like... I'm 10 years out of the fire game now. I've kind of let that ship sail in life. But it's always uh, really cool talking to somebody else that does it because it's something that I do love to do. For sure, man. It's it's the best job, for sure. I I feel like it works really well for waterfowl hunting. Oh, man, you're not kidding. uh, So, you know, you take one day off, you've got five days off because we work 24 on 48 off. Uh, so I took off this year. I have off, um, from December, basically December 1st until Christmas Eve, I'm off. So on vacation. So I'll, I'll be out looking for birds and doing what I can do. Dude, that's awesome. Now, do any of the other guys in the station besides your one buddy hunt? Yeah, no, we got, man, we got like a squad. We got... There's there's probably three or four of us that hunt like religiously, uh, but there I would say we've got a group of like ten firemen that that we've all uh, we all duck hunt. So dude, that makes uh, it cool. It's a good time. Yeah, especially you know doing all the swaps and stuff like that, so you can have a ton of days off. Like that's For the sure. life right there, brother. Yeah, we've got so most of us are on the same shift, but. Uh, some of the other guys are on uh, a different shift, and so we'll set up, and they'll they'll get someone to come in early, or or they'll haul as fast as they can if it's a close spot. Um, 
and we'll have it all set up, ready to go, or vice versa, man, they'll, you know, those guys, they'll have it all set up, and we'll come running, so, <laughs> it just works out, it's pretty cool. Do you find yourself, like, do you guys respond more to accidents, or do you have a pretty active station? Uh, I mean, it varies. Uh, there's, there's a lot of first responder calls. A lot of first responders. Yeah, yeah, definitely keeps things uh, mixed up. That was always, you know, the good thing about the volunteer volunteer department was I lived uh, like three doors down from our uh, station, so it was like you just be on the li- the listen for you know an actual structure fire. You're like, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going out yeah. to a freaking ditch fire. I have no interest in that. <laughs> It's yeah. it's one of those, if somebody responds, you know, then, hey, more power to them. I guess if nobody responds and I'm here, I'll take care of it. But <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, tell me about when you first got, uh, when you first got going hunting, or uh, call making, man. Was that, did you jump on the forums? Like, because you, you talked about it before we started rolling, that I see you post you know, a decent amount on uh, on Instagram. And like I said, I've followed your stuff on Instagram for a long time, but it took me a minute to find you on Facebook. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, like I... Like my, uh, like my personal page or my uh, duck call page? I, I liked your... I follow your duck call page, but like your personal page, uh, we've never interacted, and I've been doing this thing for, you know, quite a while <laughs> And then yeah. uh, just as a fellow call maker, we've never actually, this is the first time we've even talked. Yeah. Uh, man, there's only a few call, other call makers that I've actually talked to. And uh, I'm kind of a recluse uh, when it comes to that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I started, uh, man, I just got on Google and looked up what I needed, you know, and got on that. I got a little Harbor Freight lathe. And I, I earned a, a crap ton of barrels, you know, and stuffed them, and and uh, got to where I was, felt like I was comfortable to make some, start making some inserts, and uh, started doing that. And man, I was, I was super nervous to come on here because I'm like, man, I don't, like, I don't think I make them right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think I make my methods are, because I'll talk to Andrew Haddon and. That dude, he's got his measurements down, and like everything is precise. And man, I just do everything by eye. I started listening. I listened to one with Sean Lynn, and I was like, "Oh, thank God!" (laughs) You're another. Calipers. You don't have calipers. No, dude. No, man, I do it all by eye, and and like he said, by touch. And I'm like, yeah, that feels right. So. uh yeah, I don't measure nothing. I don't even measure my blanks. Uh, I'll just kind of eyeball uh, what I think is the right length for it. So, and sometimes I end up wasting uh, a lot where I, I guess I could have could have cut it down a little more. But yeah, man, I was like, man, I, I don't I don't measure at all. So, <laughs> and then when I heard his, I was like, oh. Man, thank God I'm not the only one. Well, you should listen to, uh, I can't remember if it was Michael, Meredith, and I talking about it, but Waylon doesn't drill his out using a press or a, uh, 
or a tailstock drill. He holds a freaking drill bit with some uh, vice grips, and that's how he does his tone channel. Do what? Yes. So instead of actually, he might do it different now. So if he's listening, oh, this, is on the tone, this is on the tone channel. On the tone channel, he freaking holds it with vice grips, and that's how he drills out his freaking tone channel. Dude, that's insane. Yeah, I I do not understand how guys get like I don't understand how you without measurements can get <laughs> anything like it makes every one of them have to be completely unique, which is cool. For sure. But man, that is that like it always blows my mind because I probably stop and measure way too many times to try to do consistency. Like I keep um on my tone channel, I have its. It has its own freaking chuck, so that way I only have to change out my bit when it starts getting dull, and it's the same depth every single time. You know. Right. No, I've got a uh, on my drill bit for my tone channel. I've got like a sharpie mark on it that I usually go to. And that, then, I did that for years, dude. And yeah, then okay. I just spent like the the extra twenty bucks and just got a second chuck. <laughs> I should probably think about that. It makes it, <laughs> it yeah. You don't have to think about it now. The only difference is is when you go to uh, make your insert. If it's not the same length, then that can cause you some some goofballs. Right. But that's like one of my hardcore measurements is uh, making sure my inserts are the same length. <laughs> Yeah, it makes it it makes it frustrating sometimes, I guess. But I mean, that's, that's how I've been doing it, so I hate to change it. Yeah, that's that's where you're comfortable at. Now, did you start off? You said you started off stuff, in which I think a lot of guys did. Um, did you jump on with a public jig, or did you did you go with a flat jig when you started going? So I've got both, and some of them I've got. Some of them I'll do on the flat jig, and then some of them I'll do on the public, and it's just, I don't know, it feels, whatever mood I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I can understand and, that, man. You know, I gotta, I'll hand file them down to to the way I like them if they're on the flat jig, or, um, of course, that, the public jig I got, I, I like it a lot. Um, I just haven't gotten around to sending, sending one off that I've made. I've got one. I just need to send it off and have a jig made. Well, I don't know. You said you haven't gotten to listen to too many of these yet. I'm the psychopath. I think I've done 400 calls on a flat jig. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I uh, I am too. Every single time, I try to do it a little bit better, and I know the benefits of uh, getting a custom jig made and all that stuff. But I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I can flat jig a call in like 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> So that's pretty good. Yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, especially if you're comfortable at it, like you said, man. That's uh, if you're comfortable at it and it works, do it. I think it's just the uh, kind of like you're talking about, just being set in your way, kind of being comfortable with what you're doing, <coughs> and yeah. uh, it's kind of like if any little thing changes. In the way that your call is bored and all that different stuff, like you can adjust that in a flat jig. But say you you have your own custom jig set, or even on your public jig, and say you drill just a little bit too deep on that tone channel. Well, if you're in a if you're in a 
a shape, you know, a tone board shape, then that call is probably done. You know, you're not going back and being able to fix that. Well, heck, if my radius isn't set, I know that I can adjust it, and heck, I'm trying something completely new right now because, you know, I've got a, a completely different bore depth than I ever had, so. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's always interesting to hear different guys' processes, especially, you know, with uh, just all the information that's out there nowadays that uh, you can kind of bounce ideas off of guys. It's always uh, interesting to see how that works out. For sure, yeah. It's, it's crazy how much, how easy information is to get nowadays. That was a, uh, a huge topic on old Call Nuts yesterday. I don't know if you saw that or not. I didn't. Holy cow. I think it ended up being like 450 comments long. We're uh, <laughs> talking about it being way too easy these days to do something, and everybody took it the wrong way. And what he really meant was uh, somebody calling a different call maker and having them come up with their own shape and name and just you know a generic tone board and being a call maker and never actually turning a call oh. and that was a hard thing to do is to find a shape that that was I was comfortable with making easy make it was easy for me to make and it wasn't it didn't look like somebody else's that's tough to do because there's so many people out there that make calls now. Well, yeah, and even in the, uh, I don't know, there's probably like 150 to 200, like, pretty recognizable hand turners, you know, any given time. I would say probably 100 that are pretty active along the uh, lines of, you know, the call makers that we know. And it's so tough to find something that doesn't look like somebody else's. I mean, that is just damn near impossible. It's almost like, okay, my barrel kind of looks like this person's call. Now I have to pick my insert and make it completely different than (laughs) this person's call, you know? So it's like almost a combination anymore because there's only so many ways to shape a piece of wood and make it still look good. Exactly. And not make it too crazy to be repeatable. There was one guy that uh, was putting little, uh, I can't even think of the way to describe it, but, I mean, just, like, making a bunch of little points where the flare of their barrel was. Like, up around the mouthpiece, there'd be, like, three little points, and then down around, like, closer to the band, there'd be, like, three little points. I'm like, dude, that looks like a freaking nightmare to finish. For sure. And oh, it's been like CA on them and stuff? Oh, yeah. He was ca in them. And uh, it's just, they were kind of cool-looking calls, man. And, but it was like, that's just not repeatable. That's going too far to be different. You know, you're making it way too hard to be different. And sometimes, you know, you want... The way I talk to guys when they're talking about shapes is, man, I found a shape that I liked... And that's why I made it. Why the hell would I want to turn something that I didn't like the look of? Yeah, absolutely. So, if it's, if, you know, you find yourself similar to somebody else, I'll contact that call maker, you know, and just, hey, this was not an intentional thing. And if I have one of their calls, hey, here's what it looks like compared to yours. It's not that close. (laughs) But, but, uh, 
It's one of those things you just can't get too invested in because uh, there's always going to be somebody that says something if you look like anybody else. And I like your style. It doesn't really look a lot like anybody else. I appreciate that. And what has drawn me to, you know, looking and following your calls for such a long time is I just like the way that you're use of materials and, and uh, the style that you do in your in your call making is just always been a really clean classy look thank you thank you and i like to keep it i like old school and i like like simple but i also like i like i'm a flashy guy man you know i, I like i like pop of pops of color and stuff like that well and I, like your stuff is really thought out as far as like you don't market your stuff like you know we talked about it a little bit like you're not big at pushing the marketing if you did the way that you have your image on um i use instagram because more people are freaking looking at that it seems like anymore and then converse yeah, sure, man. yeah. it's kind of dead as far as like uh business pages and stuff like that yeah i feel like Instagram is where people come check your stuff out, and Facebook is where conversations are happening between call makers, at least in this, you know, this sure. aspect. And the way that yours is set up, it like it's all thought out. Your pictures are all super clean, classy. Like, you know, there's there's some thought outness. There's some Josh Raggio in your styling. You know. Oh man, that's, I don't know about that. Well, I appreciate that, though. Yeah, man. If if you guys check out JB Thomas calls, there's some there's some Josh Raggio in your styling. There's some um, Kyle Huff. I don't know if you know him, but he's down in your neck of the woods as well. He does the yeah, same so, thing. Man, he's got some great stuff. Yes, Kyle is a really really good guy, and he has that same style to it that I just I have always enjoyed watching your stuff, and then like. You know, some of the, the color combinations I've seen you put together with different burls and stuff are really, really cool and interesting to where, like, you know, it's not necessarily that I wouldn't have done it. It's just that I wouldn't have ever even thought to do it like that. And it, it just is really cool seeing different guys take on wood because uh, if you look at mine, I've done so many freaking yellow cedar burl and black woods. Like, yeah the thought of doing another one just shoot me in the head <laughs> those are that's like my favorite combo man i love it 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 looks so awesome theater, but i was talking to uh Haddon the other day and i was like man my favorite wood is yellow cedar burl but i i despise turning it like it's just so difficult for me but but i love the way it smells and it freaking looks so good yeah, see, I'm the same way, man. I love the way it smells, and I like it. It's just the—I think I burnt myself out. I think I did eight of them in like a month and a half because I post one or two up, and then everybody wanted them, and I had just got a pretty good shipment in from uh, from Seth Owsley over at Swampwood. He sent me like nine blanks of it, and uh, everybody like I put one up for sale. Or it was an order, and I put one up, and like nine other people reached out. So it was like, okay, I guess my books are full of freaking yellow cedar, bro, for the next month. And <laughs> the uh, trying to make them all individual and look different. I'm like, all right, on this one, I'm going to use 
black and uh, white inlays. On this one, I'm gonna use brass and black inlays. On this one, I'm gonna use brass and white. Like, trying to do, you know, this one, I'm gonna put tips on. This one, I'm not gonna put tips on. And that can become challenging uh, when you do that, for sure. Yeah, that's super tough, man, because you'll post one, like for me, it's this, like, uh, turquoise burl. Yes. And the copper band and cocobolo. People love that, and it's like, man, how can I, like, you get an order of a bunch of those once you post one, and you're like, well, how can I make this one different? Exactly. Super tough. Well, and that's, it was really funny, that was the one that I had stopped on. I like the the turquoise, and uh, the one that you did that was uh, the... uh, gold ash burl with yellow cedar burl dyed in that uh that blue turquoise color that thing is just wicked dude and (laughs) thank you another thing that i really like is uh is your bags oh thanks man yeah if anybody hasn't looked go ahead i I wanted a uh i was like man excuse me whenever whenever i was first on i had like a little mail bag type thing and they had like some screen printing on it with my old logo and I was like man I've got to do something different like something more I don't know so I reached out to another maker here in town this guy he does like leather goods and uh, and I had him I was like man what can we do let's try to brainstorm with him and and uh, we came up with this and uh, or he it was a different material that he had this is the duck material um but he had like a canvas or something and from a stagecoach and he was gonna do so we kind of brainstormed that together man and i I make the bags and everything so i ordered me a stamp for the leather and um every time i make a call i make a bag it it's just super unique and it's I don't know. Like I said, it's just cool, and it. I feel like it builds that whole experience, you know, because there's ways to just individualize yourself with your styling, and um, I'll tell you who did a really great job of it. I'm trying to think of who I'm even thinking of. Jesus, it's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> but uh, just trying to be different and getting... You know, your own look to it, it's going to really irritate the crap out of me that I can't figure it out right now. Is it, um, Eldridge? Is that his name? With the cigar boxes? Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, Brad did a really cool job on uh, his cigar boxes. That was a really cool way of doing it different as well. That's super unique. Yes, and see, that's another killer. That's even a better example of it, is, uh, Finding something that nobody else was using. Dude, it's still going to kill me. I can't think of what else, who I was talking about. I, I was just talking about it today. And uh, I listened to me and my buddy doing the football picks this week. And how many times I could not remember something that I was going to say. I was like, I swear, I've been hit in the head too many times in life. <laughs> my memory is starting to go, man. And I'm on my early 30s, you know. Yeah, same. I'll leave. I will. I will leave the house, back out of the driveway, and pull back in seven times before I can actually leave because I have to go back inside and get something. Dude, I mean, it's it's terrible. <laughs> the freaking girlfriend will get mad at me because I can quote something from a movie in 1992 <laughs> that I haven't seen in a decade, 
But as far as like remembering what I was supposed to do yesterday, like I, yep, I forgot. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, that uh, like Brad with the cigar boxes, and uh, man, I'm trying to think of other examples that were, you know, well, hell, even uh, like if you look at uh, Bobby Hayes up at Ducklander, like his bags, I don't know what he uses now, but instead of using the black bags, he had like a this off-white bag similar to the color that you were using but it had like a, a screen printed one of his logos on there but it looked like it wasn't screen printed to where you could feel it um if that makes any sense at all but just something that's different and unique rather than just the same black thing and it's different than like the tubes that some guys will ship their stuff in like the tubes and that was a thing for a while and uh i don't know man it's always it's always interesting to see how guys are trying to set their stuff up different and i really like the way that you've done it i appreciate that um so yeah. this logo on there too are you stamping that on there or are you like hitting it with a hammer what do you got going on yeah i've got a uh, i don't even know what you call it i don't do leather work it's a, i guess a stamp um and I found it online in a place that they make like brands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just put it on that little piece of leather and hit it with a hammer. Do you heat it up or anything? No, I, I'll get the leather wet, like dip it in some water, and then uh, I just whack it, man. <laughs> Dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's. I, I really like the way that turned out. I do too, and for, like I said, people that haven't paid attention to it, jump on JB Thomas Calls on their Instagram, and he has that. Do you hand sew those things on there too? Yeah, the, the leather to the to the bag, yeah. That's freaking wild. Yeah, okay, I see the a closer picture of your bag. That looks like the same thing. It's almost like a little canvas type bag. Yeah, it's uh, duck fabric. I think is what they call it. Duck fabric. That's like a like a Carhartt. Carhartt. Yeah. 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 That's freaking wild, man. Now, like you said, you know, was this the way that you set up your pictures and all that type of stuff? Was that something that you know you'd seen a few times, or I don't know? I feel like um, the evolution of the uh, the picture game, because you know guys like you josh freaking kyle who's like i said is so underrated and all that stuff the the picture with the the coffee mugs and the the whiskey glasses like that's becoming a a really cool thing that guys have taken on lately right yeah i kind of do some photography as a hobby and uh i was just trying to you know figure out different ways to take pictures of a call versus you know, I used to take them in front of, a, like, a wooden backdrop that I made or uh, in my hands, like, all of them in my hands, or, I don't know, I was just trying, trying to be different about how I took the photos. Well, yeah, man, it's a, it's a representation of what your business is, you know, for that, that buyer making that first decision. And your wood background stuff looks really good too. I mean, it's uh, you can definitely tell that you like photography, and that's a uh, dude. That's another one of my things, man. I I have too many hobbies and things that I like to do. Um, that any time that I see something and we're out 
or something like that. And I was always like, no, you know, I kind of want to get into this. And the freaking girlfriend's like, no, you do not need another freaking <laughs> hobby. You have too much as it is. I, I listened to a podcast. I don't, I don't remember which one it was, but there was a, a Falcon guy on there one day. And I like, I started watching videos of falconry, guys duck hunting with falcons. And I was like, oh, hell yes. Was it the I'm freaking, off, like, the Big Honker like, podcast where that dude was, was talking about? The Big Honker. It probably was that one. They're out uh, local to you. They're out in uh, Knox City. Yeah, yeah. I know, uh, I know some of those guys. And, uh, like, uh, Bo Pierce, one of their guys, he hunts. He comes down here and he hunts with me and my buddies. We've become really good friends with Bo. He's a super cool dude. Uh, and then Jeff, his dad was actually a Wichita Falls firefighter. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to every episode they've had. That's an awesome podcast. And what you were talking about. Do what? Super good people. Oh, yeah. Dude, they seem freaking hilarious and uh, very down-to-earth in the the crazy world that we're in. (laughs) I listened to that falconry one, dude. That was insane. Yeah. So, I'm looking at YouTube videos, and I call my wife. I'm like, so... You ever thought about getting a falcon? <laughs> She's like, no, not that. Long story short, I never got a falcon. You but never got a falcon. Super awesome. <laughs> well, and that's something that's pretty popular down there in Texas, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't know anybody personally, but I know people that you know that know guys that do it. Uh, but I, I've never seen it done personally. Yeah, it. I've watched uh, the videos, and then. Like, there was one that it was uh, just this Mallard Drake chilling on ice. And then all of a sudden, you see him, like, flip over. And you're like, what the hell? And then they show it in super slow-mo, and it was this freaking falcon that swooped down and snatched it real quick and killed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, they, like, they like stunned him or hit him so hard they killed him, don't they? Dude, I don't know what the hell he did to it, but he hit it faster than you could look at it with your own eye. And I yeah. was like, holy cow, dude, this is crazy. And that dude was talking about like how we'd go to cattle ponds and go pick off a couple freaking ducks. And like, it's just, it, I don't know, it seemed crazy. I have no yeah. idea, and I don't know that I'd ever have that kind of time commitment, but I don't know if I'd ever be able to keep freaking birds at my house. No, I can't, man. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why. That's why. Yeah, that's you definitely can't. When they're disgusting, I got to looking at it after that uh, after that podcast, and I was like, "Man, that's disgusting." There's like newspaper all over the house, you know, <laughs> crap on, and, and like you can't have nice furniture because they're gonna freaking tear it up. Kids <laughs> them in a cage, and then they squat. I'm out. Yeah, well, that was like our oldest for the last like two years. He is all about wanting a freaking hedgehog and i'm like we are not getting a fucking hedgehog number one we have a dog our lab will eat that fucking thing number two they pee all over the place and then he came home a couple months ago he's like i kind of want a parrot and i was like yeah when you turn 18 you can get anything you want dude oh man my wife had one i don't i think it was a conure a golden conure is what it was called and i could be wrong but uh i've oh no. The birds are gross, man. 
Yeah, and they're, and they're, they're just noisy. yes, they're annoying, man. I was over at my buddy's house one time, and it was back in like the high school days. I think I dropped your call. Hold on. All right, we got him back on here. Um, so no, I was staying at one of my buddy's houses in high school, and uh, spent the night. And he has a dog, and I don't know, like all in the middle of the night, I kept hearing like this bark. I think he had like a little dog, one of those annoying, worthless dogs, and uh, it, it was barking. I kept hearing a burr, burr, because I was sleeping in the living room, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Well, I told him the next morning, I was like, dude, I didn't even hardly sleep, because your freaking dog is barking all damn night long, and you know, I'm at somebody else's house, so I can't be overly rude, and he's like, no, no, that's not the dog, and I was like, what? He's like, no, the dog was in my room. He's like, that was this stupid parrot. I was like, what parrot? And he goes back to this corner of this room. This fucking parrot had been barking all night long. I was like, well, you got to get rid of that thing because that thing's horrible. For sure. That's awful. Yeah. You, so your freaking wife had a bird? Yeah, she she had a... It was very short-lived. Was, like it was, died like, short-lived? Or, no, 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 no. I was no, going to say, those no. things live forever. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the worst part of it. That's that's, that's a lifelong commitment. Well, yeah, it's not like a stupid fish that's going to be gone in two months and you're never going to notice a difference. <laughs> yeah. That's like this stupid hedgehog freaking nonsense. And he'll be at his dad's half the freaking time, so it's like I'm going to be stuck at home taking care of this damn hedgehog that I don't even want in the first place. Yeah. And I don't know if you got the, the hint from the stupid, small, worthless dog. Like, that's nothing against anybody that has stupid, small, worthless dogs. But I like labs. You know, I like I like actual dogs. Yeah, everybody, every time somebody tells me some problem with their dog, I, I tell them, well, I can fix that. And how about that? I said, get a Labrador. <laughs> every time. Well, and that's not to say that we have a, uh, I don't know, she's probably seven months old right now, and she is no angel by any means, that's for damn sure. <laughs> she freaking, I was getting ready to put my girls to bed, and as soon as their bedroom door opens up, because they're freaking six-year-olds and seven-year-olds, and they have fuzzy, you know, fuzzy slippers and all that kind of nonsense, anytime that door opens up, that dog is like, game on. It's going in the room to grab some stuff and run away. Oh, yeah, playground. <laughs> so, yeah, the, she is by no means an angel, but I know in about another year, you know, she's going to be laying around the house, hanging out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, we got into this uh, this calling thing. So, when did you start hunting with your own calls, man? That That's always kind of a really cool moment when you finally get to go out and start uh, harvesting some birds with your own calls. Yeah, right off, man. Uh, I mean, I, of course, I hunted with some of the stuffers, but uh, hmm. I guess it was probably end of 2016, maybe. And, uh, man, that's rewarding. I think that was the best part of making calls, is knowing that I just changed what that bird was going to do or what he was thinking by something that I made, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, I agree. I remember, you know, the first time you start to break them, which is really bad because you look back at some of your oldest calls and you're like, man, that thing was a hammered piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, 
I've got a few of them uh, in my in a, in a safe upstairs that are just terrible. <laughs> and I, I mean, awful. I don't even. I'll have to post a picture of one one day next to one that I've made, but that thing, I don't even know what it looks like. I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> Have you been keeping some of your own from every year, or is it pretty much just a... Yeah, there's... I'll keep one. I, I try to make myself one a year. I haven't made myself one this year. Uh, but, yeah, I try to keep one, and then I've got a lot of my earlier ones that I just... They, I couldn't bring myself to to sell them because they I just didn't feel they were worthy. Yeah, well that's a that's a really tough thing. I'm glad you do one a year because um, that's definitely something I do. Sorry for everybody who's heard that before. Um, is I'll turn myself one a year and then at the end of the season I'll pull it off and uh, throw it up on the mantle next to all the other ones. So you know, ten years from now I'll have a really cool collection. Starting from yeah. some really junkers to uh, some moderate junkers. <laughs> some moderate junkers. <laughs> <laughs> and they've all been hunted. That's what's cool, man. Yeah, that that really makes the difference. But uh, what you were saying with that that starting early and trying to figure out when the hell can I sell these things, dude? I wish I have about the hundred, the first hundred and fifty back. Um, oh, for sure. Man, the difference between I started with a public jig and I think I turned oh a hundred off of that thing and then I was like I just do not like what I like it's getting to a part a point of where I can, you know, hunt it and stuff like that and figure out how to manipulate that thing to where I'm okay with it, but there's no progression in it. And I was like, I have to get myself a flat jig. And I think I learned more in 50 calls on a flat jig than I did the first 100 with a public. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It, uh, You're definitely going to figure out how to make a sound. Yeah, you figure out how to make a sound. And I've said it with other call makers is when you really find yourself as a call maker is when you can take one of yours, blow it, pull it apart and look at it and diagnose what you need to do on the tone board to make it work. Yes. Because uh, getting that initial quack, that's what so many messages I get all the time are like, oh, I can get this thing quacking, but, you know, it doesn't have any hold or it doesn't have, you know, it's flat on the top end or it's having a really hard time with the feed. And I'm like, well, you just have to figure out where you need to hit it to make it work. You know, there's no replacement for that trial and error. I have one on my mantle. I think it's the oldest one that I have. That the tone board is like a straight up forty five from the freaking tip all the way back to a cork notch, <laughs> like it's just horrible. And that was one of the original like, hey, I'm trying to flat jig this. And I was like, well, if I keep taking more and more off, it starts, you know, opening up more and more, and then it gets to the point where it's like, well, hell, this isn't savable. <laughs> yeah, I found one this morning, uh, and I blew on it, and I was like, whoa. Whoa! Thing was clicking and freezing up. I'm like, man, <laughs> what well, a long way. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice reminder. And the hell, I got one last year. It was a 2016, 2017 call I'd made, and one of my friends bought it off of a guy, and he was like, "Hey, can you come in? Can you like re, 
you know, tune this and polish it up and all that kind of good stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, it's been two or three years. And I got it and pulled it out of the box, and I was like, eh, you know, I'm not super huge fan of how it's set up. This isn't my setup. I can tell, you know, the reeds are trimmed differently and all that good stuff. I threw a reed in there, and I was like, eh, maybe if I hit it right here, and I put, like, maybe 30 seconds worth of work into it. I was like, well, dude, I really freaking like this call. <laughs> I was like, damn it, what have I been doing for the last two years that now I get this one and I really love it? <laughs> it makes you question everything. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, uh, what's what's your plans, man? You said you've done – how many have you done this year so far? Uh, man, I don't know. I don't even have my book right here. Uh, probably around, I don't know, 30 or 40 this year. I, I'm not super busy right now, and, it, and it's finding the time to to get out there and not get interrupted. And, and I, can, I can imagine, man, seven, seven freaking kids going on. That's got to be a, a real struggle trying to uh, balance all that stuff. I know for me, man, it's... It's always craziness, and I find myself out here screwing around in the shop when everybody else is asleep. That's like get up early or go to bed late. That's about it. And I get tired. <laughs> well, and man, there's so many things I want to try, you know, that I just I haven't had time yet. Uh, uh, Andrew Haddon just sent me some Macarta. I've never turned Macarta. Have so, fun with that. Uh, yeah. I hate Macarta. Give me a uh, antler too, so you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock that out. Hopefully here pretty soon. I've never turned either one of those. Well, Macarta makes an awesome call. It's hard as a freaking rock to turn. And do you have like a, a shop vac or air system? Uh, I use a shop vac, so I kind of hold it like Raggio does. Yeah, me too, man. I that's all I do, and it keeps the shop so much cleaner. I haven't turned Macarta since i've been doing that but uh if you don't whatever color that micarta is especially if it's like that brown linen that everybody turns you have orange dust on every piece of the shop after that like it is really holy crap that stuff is it is a brick to turn man like it'll dole your freaking tools out like nobody's business (laughs) and then that bone smells to high heaven that stuff stinks holy dear god it turns i like the way that it turned i uh i turned some horn uh some cape buffalo water buffalo whatever hell horn it was but uh that stuff stinks so bad it smells like burnt hair that's what yeah andrew said that he just can't it's like you'll never forget it (laughs) it's very unique i've never smelt it so it's very unique. <laughs> I'm like, man, it can't be that bad. Yeah, no, Everybody it's... Everybody says it is, so it must be that bad. Yeah, it, it's it's not good. It's definitely one you don't want to breathe a whole bunch of that crap in. Um, <laughs> well, it and it makes sense. I was going to say that your finish is freaking superb, but as much as you talk to freaking Haddon, that makes sense because he is a freak <laughs> with his finish. He... He reminds me a lot of, like, your color pairings. One of my favorite ones that I've ever seen anybody do on a call was him mixing black wood, white inlays with, like, a mint green. 
before I ever even started turning, I put it in my mental bank. I was like, yep, I'm going to replicate that color combo because that is awesome. It's like this minty chocolate, and I just did another one here uh, a couple weeks ago that I love that color combo. I like I like that mint, the mint greens and stuff like that. That's, it's, a, it's appealing. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I don't know, just something to be different. But uh, like I said, you got... If if you if you're uh, affiliating yourself with the Amish uh, Mr. Haddon, then you've got good circles around you. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been up to uh, any of the uh, the events, like real foot no. or any of that? No. Or you got any plans to do that? I mean, that'd be neat. But yeah, I I, I mean, I haven't done anything and don't have any plans as far as as going or not going or. <clears throat> But it would definitely be a cool trip. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, has that COVID? Has COVID made work like super crazy for you guys? Uh, man, it really kind of died down uh, at first. We got less calls, and then, uh, but now it really is just more annoying than anything. Just having to wear a mask everywhere you go. So, because uh, we have a, a mask state mask mandate here. So yeah. Well, that was. When I'm on duty, I have to wear one in the grocery store, and when I'm off duty, I don't. Just I can't stand it. See, that's like ours. For our county, we don't have to wear one at all. But if you go into Springfield, their mask mandate, and we were running around Springfield all day today, and I was like, I hate this crap so much. That's crazy. I fidget too much, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, buddy. Um. Man, I really appreciate you coming on here tonight. Do you want to? Uh, we've said it a few times, but for anybody who hadn't hadn't caught it recently, do you want to plug your uh, your page and your Instagram handle and all that good stuff? Yeah, I got a. Uh, it's at JB Thomas Calls is my Instagram, and then I also have at J dot B dot Thomas uh, is also that's my other Instagram where I just kind of post photos of hunting or whatever. It's my personal page. That photography game stuff. Yeah. How'd you get into that? My wife is a photographer. Oh, that so, makes it nice. Get uh, she, yeah, she does newborn photography, and so uh, she got a new camera one day, and then I picked up her old one and just kind of ran with it, man. I, I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Very important question. Canon or Nikon? Canon. There you go. She's allowed to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've yeah, had Canon. so many Canons, it's ridiculous. I shoot the 5D Mark III, so. Nice. And then the wife, she just got, it's back ordered, the, I think it's the R5 or something like, the new, it's mirrorless. Sony? Whatever it is. Or no, Canon that. came no, out with mirrorless. Canon, yeah. Yeah, I forgot it's about that. Canon mirrorless. So whenever that comes in, I'll take over the Mark IV. Heck yeah, man. That's a that's always good. I That's another one of those hobbies. I, I don't have time yeah. for it anymore, but... And it's expensive. Oh, my dear God. I've had two <laughs> 6Ds from freaking random T6s, all that good stuff. And, yeah, it's a, a bottomless pit of money, but it's always fun. Yeah. Luckily, she does it for a living, so I have an excuse to buy a new lens here and there. Yay. You get to play with all her stuff. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome, brother. Well, like I said, man, I will let you get off here and get to bed and all that good stuff, but I really appreciate you giving me some time tonight, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, buddy. And if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out and put you a, a real foot trip on. It might not be next year, but put it on the schedule for yourself. Whenever COVID goes away. <laughs> yeah, in November. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, you have a good night, all right? Ah, man, I appreciate it. Take care, Josh. Let's see it. All right, guys. Josh Thomas, JB Thomas Custom Calls. Or JB Thomas Calls, not Custom Calls. He does Custom Calls, but that's not the handle. Um, Hopefully you liked it. Share it. Enjoy it. Get yourself a duck call and stable calls or any other fine person that we've had on here. Any of them would love to add you to the books. Um, If you want to get yourself a nice piece of apparel, Fox Red Apparel. And if you want to get yourself a really cool blank for yourself or to send to your favorite call maker, check out Swampwood Products. Um, Yeah, have a good one.